0: Oh, I see. You think uh, religion is for suckers and easy marks and mollycoddles, eh? You think Jesus was some kind of a sissy, eh? Jesus had guts!
1: Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking to Baz and Beck McDonald, Aussie missionaries in Haiti. And uh, they've been sent out from uh, their church, Kenmore Baptist, uh, in Queensland, involved in another great ministry called SIM. And uh, Baz is going to do a 500k run across Haiti to raise money. Uh, for a Heartline Maternity Centre in Haiti. Incredible stuff. Uh, welcome to the studio, Baz and Beck. How are you guys? Very well, thanks, Matt.
2: Very well, thanks, Matt.
0: It's
1: great to have you along. Now, uh, firstly, we do have to just uh, share a bit of our history together. We used to work in radio together, Baz, many years ago.
2: Many years ago, yep.
1: And uh, used to work at a Christian radio station selling air. That was our job. <laughs> yeah, great job. <laughs> After selling air for many years, um, you've been involved in many different areas. I know you've been in sales and different companies and... I know uh, you actually uh, trialed or used to play for the baby Broncos, didn't you? you were, yeah, I was on
2: scholarship for a couple of years in yeah. 96, 97.
1: That's yeah. right, yeah. So you've got a, a long history in uh, many different uh, areas of employment. Mm. Now, Baz, you've ended up with your beautiful wife living in Haiti, uh, working in you know all sorts of ministry areas. Mm. Tell us why and how did you guys get over to Haiti?
2: Yeah, Matt, well, uh, the vision started with Beck uh, back in 2010. Um, we were just working, both working and uh, going to church, serving in our church. And uh, Beck uh, had a vision from God about going to Haiti, and um, spent two weeks writing down this vision. Yep. And then eventually uh, told me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I told her at first, no, don't want to talk about, uh, don't want to go there. We've got our life here. We've got our plans. Yep. We're serving in our church. We're supporting ministries mm-hmm. through finances and. Uh after about three or four weeks, we were going to church one Sunday morning and a gentleman came from Singapore to preach about how the Lord had changed his heart to serve the poor in Singapore. And so he was showing his testimony and uh, he shared the... Gospel of Luke, the uh, rich young ruler, when he asked Jesus what he has to do. Ah, yeah, gets you every time, it, huh? <laughs> uh, Yeah, it got me that day. My heart was broken for Haiti. It was yep. broken for the people. I was at that place where I didn't want to uh, give up everything that we had. I was only willing to go halfway, uh, where it was comfortable serving in the church and, again, supporting ministries. And, yeah, so Beck had uh, boldly shared this vision, and I kept saying, no, I don't want to talk about it. And this guy comes and shares the gospel and broke my heart. And from there we started to... Uh, Seriously, consider how we were going to do this, and spent six months then preparing to go.
1: Now that is such a big lifestyle change for a young couple. I know you're both, you know, very successful in your areas of business and ministry that you've been a part of. So to sell up everything and move over to Haiti, let me ask you, Beck, what was it like for you when you first arrived? You 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 landed on the ground in Haiti. They'd had the horrible disaster, uh, you know, what a year or so before you arrived. Mm -hmm. What was it like when you hit the ground at Haiti?
0: Well, we'd actually planned to stay uh, on a ship. Uh, the accommodation in Haiti is very hard to come by. Obviously, after the earthquake, um, most of the hotels were on the ground. So um, we'd booked on a ship. Uh, there was a ship moored in the harbour, and we were meant to be staying there for the first two weeks just so that we could get our bearings. Uh, we knew nobody, um, and but we knew God would provide. And. It was actually funny, we are on the plane uh, en route to Miami, and uh, I got an email to say, look, we're really sorry, but we've set sail, and we won't be able to pick you up at the airport. Oh, no. So our accommodation had left the harbour, and uh, we didn't know what we were going to do. So we just said, all right, well, let's pray about it, and we'll decide when we get to Miami what we do. And we felt very strongly when we got to Miami that we were supposed to keep going, and so we did. And And it was quite amazing the way that God provided. Mm -hmm. Um, Within four days of landing in Haiti, we had a community around us and we were working on the ground with Heartline, an organization that we feel very passionate about now and we just feel very blessed the way that God provided for us.
1: Okay. And after we had lunch the other day and, you know, I got to hear all your story. I was just so amazed. You, you, so you ended up working, um, in like a, a massive house that had about 50 people in there with missionaries <laughs> coming and going. And you were like the house mum and dad. Is that what you did? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we started, um, renovating, um, a teen mum's house with, um, Heartline. They have a number of different amazing ministries and one of them is a teen mother's house. And so we started um, helping them. And and within the first two weeks, uh, the people that were looking after the guest house uh, needed to go back to uh, the U.S. And so uh, they asked us to take over uh, the ministry on a temporary basis until they could find replacements. And uh, so it was a guest house for missionaries, uh, mostly short-term missionaries and um, some long-term missionaries would come through. And we would have up to 50 people at a time sleeping in the same house with us, which was pretty incredible. Uh, and strange, <laughs> and but it was such an amazing time. I've never met that many people in one go, and yeah. and because you're living in such an intense environment in an earthquake zone, it you get to know people very quickly. Mm. And yeah. so it was it was a real blessing, and it ended up lasting. Uh, we actually looked after it for six months before they found permanent people, which was great.
2: And it was one of the prophecies that one of the guys from our church, uh, Ray, who journals a lot, yep, uh, had given us that we would meet other like minded people who God had sent. Yep. to serve in Haiti. So here we were in this guest house meeting over 700 people in the six month mm. period. Amazing. Yeah. Well,
1: and when you, uh, you know, we, we all saw uh, the uh, news reports after the earthquake in Haiti and I don't know how many thousands of lives were lost and just, you know, buildings all over the place just smashed. Uh, Baz, you also worked doing a bit of building there, rebuilding a bit. What was that like for you? Uh, yeah, full
2: on. I come from a background where we didn't do any of that. I grew mm-hmm. up, uh, actually, when we got married, uh, Beck's parents bought me a toolkit yep. thinking I needed to learn some skills. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so when we landed over there, I'd had a little bit of experience working with a mate of mine for a while and uh, a couple other mates on projects and stuff, a little small stuff. but. Mm-hmm. We, uh, yeah, we built a school. Um, we built a missionary school and we also built a, a massive church slash school in the middle of this tent city of 30,000 people. Mm. And, uh, it looked like Noah's Ark. It stood out like anything, but mm. it was the most amazing, uh, week in helping to rebuild that little community and give them a, a central point of meeting. Uh, they went from an old UNICEF tent that was totally weathered, uh, with about 20 square meters to this 2000 square foot church slash school so they're using a school during the weekend it was the week that our actual uh, hurricane was coming up through the Caribbean and uh, we're actually concerned that the winds were going to blow us off the roof as we're there's four guys if you could picture this there's four guys jumping onto these roof sheets and other guys nailing them down as the winds were whipping up this gully wow yeah
1: well, it's such an amazing thing too with missionaries. You don't just want to share the spiritual message; you want to help the practical needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just backtrack a moment. You just mentioned when you and Beck got married, and Baz, you had a, a job at uh, Doors Plus at the time, I think. <laughs> yeah. And Beck, you wanted to buy a door at the time. <laughs> Tell us the story about how you guys met and then how you came to the Lord, Beck That's a great story.
0: <laughs> so uh, I'd actually met Barry a few weeks before. Just I was looking to buy a new front door and uh, I'd gone in and he was working at the store and he'd given me a price and I left thinking, well, that's never going to happen. I can't afford that. And two weeks later I was actually broken into and the um, thieves actually broke every single one of my doors. Oh. And so I needed doors urgently and Barry was the person that came to mind and uh, he came in Gave me a quote for the insurance company. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think in company history, it's the longest quote ever. Um, He was there, (laughs) he was there till um, nearly midnight. I think he felt sorry for me because I couldn't lock any of my doors. Oh, right. And uh, he waited for my sister to come home and eventually he left. And uh, yeah, we've been together ever since. And it it was quite incredible. So did
1: he like invite you to church or share the gospel or anything like that? He was
0: so gentle with me. Yeah. Um, I was a non-believer. It wasn't that I didn't believe that there wasn't a God. I just didn't think he wanted anything to do with me. Yep. And he was so gentle, but it was this part of his life that I knew nothing about. Yeah. And so he would go off um, to youth group and church, um, and I would kind of just wait, and then we'd go out again. And, and I just – I got curious. I just knew that this was the person I was going to marry, but – this whole part of his life, I didn't know anything about. And so I went along and it wasn't long after that that God tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, I'm here and I want to know who you are. Wow. I want you to know who I am.
1: And now you've had an amazing journey too. Like you've been involved, I know, with Opportunity International, mm-hmm. doing a lot of work with them, a, a ministry that gives microfinance loans uh, to, the, mm-hmm. to the extreme poor all over the world. And uh, I know you have you guys have got such a heart. So let's, let's get on to this big run, Baz. So... Mm-hmm. You're a fit looking fella. Uh, you've always been fit ever since I've known you, but now, how, how, what's your weight? How much have you dropped?
2: I'm down to 81, but when this vision was given to me in June last year, I was 98 kilos. Oh, okay. So you've gone from 98 to 81. Yes.
1: And you've, you've actually just been running little marathons already, haven't you? Like half marathons? Or, yeah. What have you been doing?
2: Uh, well, just on Monday gone, I ran a marathon around Mount Cutha, four and yep. a half laps in just under five hours. So
1: Five hours of running? Wow. Oh,
2: this is part of the training, mate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. And then. When you run across Haiti, how much are you going to run every day? Are you just going to run from 9 to 5? Or
2: uh, It's going to be a marathon each day, so around the 42-kilometer mark. Uh, with the humidity and the heat over there, it's in the high 30s and up around 90% humidity. So we'll be starting around 4.30 in the morning, finishing somewhere around 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Um, and then we'll be shooting a documentary in the afternoon along the the way to uh, highlight ministries that are doing amazing things in Haiti.
1: Okay, and what does the money go towards? If people want to donate to support uh, this this run in Haiti, what's the money go towards?
2: Yeah, uh, the run's going towards building a maternity centre for Heartline. That's the organisation that uh, God put in our path when we arrived. Uh, We worked with them for the six months with the guest house and then I also worked with them for a couple of months afterwards before we came back to Australia in November last year. And so the vision is to actually raise the money that they need to build this new maternity center. They're currently running a maternity center out of a house, which has got one birthing suite, Uh, but the need is so strong. Uh, We've seen multiple uh, stories of women's lives transformed by just being part of their ministry and their program, because the the women come in there at least three times a week, and uh, Fridays they do Bible studies, so they get to impact them with the gospel. And uh, it's actually uh, six months before they actually give birth, they try and have these women in the program and then six months post birth. So they've got these ladies for 12 months and then they try and connect them into one of their other programs, which is the beading and sewing program. So they actually have an income so they can actually try and break the poverty cycle by them keeping their children in their house and not having to give them up for adoption.
1: Mm. And Baz, at uh, lunch the other day when we were talking about this, you shared with me uh, one of the reasons why you felt that the maternity hospital was an important thing for you to uh, raise money for because of your own personal journey. Do you want to share a bit of that with our listeners?
2: Sure, Matt. Uh, yeah, Beck and I were married in 2004. And uh, in 2006, we, uh, after a lot of struggle, found out that we Beck was pregnant. And uh, that is through a lot of prayer. And we were excited and looking forward to starting a family. And uh, as, as time got closer, it was uh, January 2007, I thought, wouldn't it be great if baby was born on Australia Day? And uh, sure enough, on the eve of Australia Day, Beck went into labor, and uh, we went into the hospital, and things were going okay, and then uh, our lives were turned upside down at about 7.30 in the morning when we found out that our son was stillborn. Named, we named him Isaac, and uh, that was a very dark period in our lives. Uh, we were surrounded by our church family, and it was just amazing the support we had, but through that connection of understanding what it's like to lose a child uh and landing in Haiti of all places with a ministry that has a maternity center um there was a few questions from Beck when we first got there with God <laughs> I was about pretty that mad. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's how you know the lord works we know that uh that healing part that you need in your, in your life and your heart and your spirit is uh is sometimes we don't know the bigger picture so we just play uh, we play it out as, as God puts it in front of us and say, well, what are, you, what are you wanting to teach us, Lord? So through that and seeing the story and what the ministry is and how they, they've uh, they been around for 22 years, Heartline, in, in Haiti, so they know the culture really well. Uh, us as outsiders, it makes it a little bit harder to come in and actually really impact them. So the reason why the run is to connect with their maternity program is people hear this and think, why would someone run across the country? Well, we've been there and we've seen the impact that this ministry makes. We've seen the women's lives and what they have to put up with with the lack of maternal health services. And we know that this uh, new maternity center is going to impact thousands and thousands of lives. Uh, it's, it's going to be a center part of their community, and uh, God will get the glory. So, yeah, through our own heartache and story, we've been able to share this uh, positive message of what God's been doing in our lives and as we said, that was back in 2007, so it's just over five years now since we lost Isaac. Uh, we know he's in heaven. We know we're going to see him again one day. So uh, that, that's an amazing part of the journey is to be able to share our testimony and say to others, there is hope when you go through these very tough testing times.
1: Many people would just give up after you know such a traumatic event. But here you guys are, you know, you're stronger, you're you're going on for God, you're actually wanting to make the world a better place after going through that that tragedy. And, uh, you know, I just think, too, uh, I actually think it's going to be a a prophetic run across Haiti as well. Uh, You know, in the book of Joshua it says, uh, I'll give you victory wherever you place your foot. Mm. And I really believe you guys are going to see victory in Haiti uh, through uh, that run and through the fundraising as well. I think that's going to be a great thing to go towards this centre. So if people want to find out more, the website is runforlifehaiti.com and I'm just looking at the website here. You guys have got a blog on there. You've got information about Barry. You've got sponsors on there, an opportunity for people to donate. Uh, and, uh, Beck you designed this website yourself. You've done a good job. Thanks, Matt.
2: <laughs> yeah, the co-run's are an important part too. Oh, yes, too. tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah the co-run runs is an idea, like, it's one thing for me to go and do this run, and that's to obviously get attention and highlight the need, Uh, but the co-runs are designed so that other people can get involved. Um, We've seen, you know, throughout uh, many events across the the globe that it's one thing for one person to go do something, but when people want to be involved, so we're trying to include as many people as we can. Uh, So there'll be runs later in the year here in Brisbane One's the Brisbane Marathon and Half Marathon. Okay. And we're also going to piggyback the Bridge to Brisbane. Okay, great. So it's not creating a new event. We're just piggybacking those events. And if people want to get involved, they can go on the website and find out more about how you can be involved in that event. So One. what we're
0: looking for, Matt, is for people to actually um, be prepared to go in an event, whether yes. it's walking, running, running a marathon, running a half marathon, mm-hmm. walking 10Ks. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, but just be involved and also then find sponsors that would be prepared to sponsor them. And then the money goes towards the maternity centre.
1: Wonderful! It's such a good cause. If people would like to find out more and support Baz and Beck McDonald uh, and Barry with his 500k run uh, across—is it 500 miles or 500k's? 500 (laughs) kilometres. 500 (laughs) kilometres across Haiti. Uh, The website is runforlifehaiti.com. We'll put a link to it uh, up at our up at our website for people that want to have a look as well. And uh, I just think it's such an amazing thing that you guys are doing. I think you're history makers, and uh, really excited to see what the Lord's going to do with you guys in the future. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matt. God bless. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much for joining us on History Makers today. You know, the vision of History Makers is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. We're now on over 58 radio stations around Australia and Pacific nations, and we're so excited about the opportunity we have to broadcast the good news on the airwaves. If you would like to make a donation, please go to our website, historymakersradio.com. There you can also download interviews. We've got some great web links and some great information for you about following Jesus. So please, go to historymakersradio.com. I'm Matt Prater. God bless. Go and make history.
0: History Makers.